Welcome to audio from Ballyhalbert Gospel Hall. Listen in as we open God's Word and share how it should impact our lives. We hope it blesses you. Well, good afternoon, everyone. It's nice to see you all here um, this morning. Um, just really enjoyed the courses that we've been singing, uh, just for the readings that we've had. Um, so I am going to be looking at, as Ivan has said, um, the second chapter in the book of Galatians. Um, and we'll be looking from verse 11 through to verse 21, as it says up there. So um, just want to thank Ivan, first of all, just for um, last week, um, the, uh, preparing the ground, as it were. Um, and I'm particularly interested in uh, the, that first wee bit you were talking about, you know, the Gaelic peoples and, you know, how we're maybe related to people way over there in Asia Minor, you know, and uh, I was thinking to myself, well, maybe that explains why we talk about the weather so much in this country, you know, uh, thinking of some ancient Gaelic chieftain who thought, let's go to the Western Isles, where the climate will be fairer and much better than it is around the Mediterranean. You know, I'm not sure what his name in history was, um, couldn't find it. it, was probably something along the lines of Finbar, the very wrong indeed. But anyway, um, there you go. It's interesting, you know, how we came to be here, you know, and we're here this morning, um, obviously, to remember the Lord Jesus, and that's who we're wanting to really focus on and think about um, this morning. So um, we're going to read um, from uh, Galatians chapter 11 through to verse 21. But just before we do, we'll just, we'll just pray. Gracious God, loving Heavenly Father, we just thank you your son the lord jesus who we've been remembering this morning and lord we just thank you father that here we are today um, many years since you walked this earth but here we are thinking about you and speaking about you and thank you lord that you've saved us and lord we just pray lord as we read through your word today that lord you would just um, teach us and encourage us and bless us through it father Lord, we just look to you for the increase in all things, and Lord, we just thank you again, Lord, this morning, and we just ask these things in Jesus, our Saviour's name. Amen. So, let us just read together um, Galatians chapter 2, uh, beginning at verse 11. Now, when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face, because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, 
he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, if you being a Jew live in the manner of Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are fine sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I through the law died to the law, that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain, or Christ died for nothing. So Ivan was sharing with us last week, there just this, this, this problem that had uh, arisen in the early church. Paul had gone, of course, to speak and to take the gospel to the Gentiles. And then after he has done this, he, he finds out with the, the churches in Galatia that um, Jewish Christians are coming along and they're promoting the law. It's as if to say, do you know, when it comes to God, we have a wee bit of experience here because we are God's chosen people. We are the nation that God has uh, entrusted to bring um, enlightenment to the world. So we have a wee bit of experience. We know what we're doing here. You know, and as Ivan was sharing, you know, we have a few, few laws, you know, that we, you know, we like to adhere to. Um, and this was causing some confusion you know, with the new believers. It was as if um, they were regressing this, this freedom that Paul had shared with them by being free in Christ, by being set free from your sins. Um, and they were being given these, these laws to, to try and observe. It seemed like to be a backward step into a set of do's and don'ts which was inhibiting their faith. And so um, Ivan was sharing last week as well that you know, Paul had set out uh, his credentials as a believer, how he had been uh, spoken to by the Lord on the road to Damascus and, and how he has went away and uh, into Arabia to study and to think about you know, what you know, God would have him to do. Um, and here that he has been given that opportunity to go and take the good news of Jesus Christ 
to um, the Gentiles. And he's gone down to Jerusalem, and he's, and he's had that, that, that right hand of friendship from the apostles. And we're sending him on his way. And the only thing, just, you know, just you remember the poor as you were doing, uh, spreading the, the good news of Jesus Christ. Nothing about, you know, when here's all the conditions that you have to make sure you do this. You know. um, and Paul was commissioned to go to the Gentiles. So here we have this uh, situation, uh, just a continuation, where um, Paul uh, is taking Peter to task about um, this issue that has arisen. Now, I want to sort of emphasize here, this is not a power struggle within the church, okay? This is not Peter against Paul or Paul against Peter at all, okay? Um, this is just Paul. He has looked um, at this situation. He's seen, he's seen there's a problem here. He's seen that what may happen. And just to try to um, get some, some sort of an idea of where you know, Peter himself is coming from, um, if we turn to um, Acts chapter 10, please. Acts chapter 10. And this um, tells the story um, of Peter um, visiting uh, the house of Cornelius. Okay, and you'll remember um, that Peter was sent a vision. Okay, he went up to, he was hungry one day, went up to the rooftop, and he had this vision. Um, this, like this great sheet had come down uh, from heaven, uh, tied at the four corners. And then when it was opened up, um, there were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to Peter and said, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter had said, um, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. Um, but the voice spoke to him a second time, What God has cleansed, you must not call common. And then Peter gets invited uh, to Cornelius' house. Cornelius was a, you know, a centurion, he was a Gentile. And whenever uh, Peter goes to his house, um, having been prepared by this vision, um, he says there in verse 28, um, when he arrives at the house, he says, You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation. But he says, but God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. So you can see where this sense of, um, you know, the Jews not really being overly keen to mix with other nations. And this is even sort of transcended into the Jewish Christians, okay? Um, Whenever they were going out to, to preach the gospel, they were going into the synagogues to do this. They weren't just going out in the highways and byways. It was to the synagogues. They were going to God's chosen people to tell them about Jesus Christ. And even at the beginning of verse 11 there, um, we see Peter going back to Jerusalem and having to explain himself. Um, there were those that were saying, you went into an uncircumcised man and ate with him. You remember, you know, the Lord was always criticized. Oh, this, this man's eating with sinners, you know. But Peter explains, like, I had this vision. God told me to do this. You know, and if God's told me to do it, well, who am I to, to go against what God has instructed? So there is this, this is where it's sort of coming from. And 
Whenever uh, the early verses talk about uh, James in, uh, in our reading today, James, um, he was sort of head of the council of the church there in Jerusalem, you know, and Paul is saying that Peter is seemed to, seems to have regressed into this, you know, kind of have to, you know, whenever these folk come up from Jerusalem, I'll just play it, you know, I don't want to offend anybody, and this is what I'll, this is what I'll do. And this is what um, Paul is, is, is calling him out over, as it were. Now, we know that Paul has given his credentials last week of how he became a Christian, you know, and what authority he has to go forward for the Lord. Um, but there's also, uh, Paul has his credentials um, as a Jew. Um, he says in chapter, or sorry, verse 5 of Philippians in chapter 3, he says that he was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. So whenever Peter comes, or Paul comes to, to speak with, with Paul about these things, or Paul comes to Peter to speak about these things, you know, he is perfectly qualified from the Jewish aspect of things. He knows the law inside out. You know, and he says down here in verse 16 that you know, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Okay, so he's not only qualified in being saved, but he knows what he's talking about whenever it comes to the law. And he has researched this, this time that he spent away um, studying God's word and the, the words of Jesus. Um, he has got it. He understands that we cannot be saved through the law. Um, and I was thinking as well there, just if we turn to Mark chapter 10, just to emphasize this point um, of who we are relying upon for our salvation. Um, Mark chapter 10, uh, just reading from verse 17. This is the story of the rich young ruler. And it says there in verse 17, he says, Now, as he was going out on the road, this is Jesus, one came running and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up your cross and follow me. But he was sad at his word and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. So here's Jesus telling this young man, you know, yes, you've observed the law, but there's one thing you lack. Okay? 
sell your possessions, go and give to the poor. Just as Paul was reminded, he was commissioned to go and speak to the Gentiles and share Jesus with them, just to remember the poor. But the important thing was, take up your cross and follow me. Because Jesus was the one who could bring him to eternal life through faith in Christ, in Christ alone. Okay, so this is what this young man had lacked. But of course, we're not saying this morning that the law in itself is a bad thing. In fact, Paul has said um, in Romans chapter 7, verse 12, that the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. Jesus himself spoke of the law uh, and the prophets in Matthew chapter 5, um, whenever he was speaking um, that Sermon on the Mount. He says in verse uh, 17 of chapter 5 there, he says, Do not think I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy but to fulfill. For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus, he came to fulfill the law. He's not come to replace it. And of course, the law in itself, if we think about it, you know that God gave the law to Moses before Jesus came. Can you imagine if Jesus had come first? And then the law had been given. What confusion that might have caused. But the law in itself, it has value. It has value even today to us as Christians. Because it guards us from sin by giving us standards of behavior. Okay, this is what, you know, we have to, there has to be some sort of rules and regulations, doesn't there? Otherwise, how would we ever know we were sinners? If there was nothing there to say, well, actually, you know, you're not supposed to do this. You can't be doing that. God has given us direction on what he wants us to do. So it gives us those standards of behavior to adhere to. It convicts us of sin, leaving us the opportunity to come and ask for God's forgiveness. And it drives us to trust in the sufficiency of Christ because we can never keep the Ten Commandments, let alone all the other ones that were there. But the Ten Commandments in themselves, we fall. And Jesus is reminding people there, you know, if you, if you fall in one, you fall in them all. So, here we are in Antioch, and Paul just takes Peter to task on this. Um, interestingly enough, Antioch, where this has happened, this is where the church are first called Christians. And in Acts um, 
chapter 13, verse 38, verse 39, Paul's message to the people of Antioch says, Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man, that is Jesus, is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Just turning again, just for a wee reading in, in, in Romans, um, just to set this context of where we're going to in respect of faith. Romans in chapter 1, um, verse 16 and 17, very familiar verses. Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first, and then also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And we're also um, reminded of that in Galatians chapter 3. verse 11 where Paul says that but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by faith it's once been said that um, religion um, is what man does for God and salvation through Christ alone is what God has done man and that was the danger that Paul was trying to address here um, if we could see the church redressing back to the law of Moses there was that danger that Christ was going to get pushed to the side as almost a, a secondary importance and this was not the gospel you know that Paul was preaching and indeed it wasn't um, the gospel you know that Peter would preach as well was when Paul, and I would say lovingly, spoke to Peter in public about this. You know, Peter himself, through this vision, was quite aware right, that the gospel had been taken to the Gentiles and they were going to share in the blessing um, that the Jews who had believed were sharing and had for themselves. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, if we're thinking, did Peter um, understand this? Did he learn from it well yes he did he says jesus who bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds you have been healed so it's good this is not as i say it's not a battle between two men struggling for power this is bringing this is bringing the church together in unity one message one hope in Christ Jesus, you know. And if we think, well, is there an issue with these things? Um, can they uh, cause problems? Well, look at the world today. How many churches are there 
under the Christian umbrella. If you were to think about it, you would probably lose count. Okay. And how have these divisions come to be? You know, is there danger in not addressing these issues at source to come together in love, to be united in Christ? Well, yes, there is. Did I point this at you, Aaron? Or did I point it here? Aye, well, that, that'll do. Okay, so. God looks at us as if we died with Christ. Our sins died with him. We are no longer condemned. So as we look at this, um, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me. When we're preaching the gospel, we're saying that, you know, we know that the Lord Jesus has died on the cross. He went there for our sins and for our transgressions. Um, I would suggest if we were being told, like, okay, you're going to be physically crucified here for your sins, I would say that probably there wouldn't be a lot of people left in the church today because... Um, well, we know from what history teaches us this was a barbaric death um, and that Jesus suffered for us. So what does he mean here when he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. Um, well, we sort of get our answers here in Romans chapter 6. Um, this is where Paul uh, addresses to the church in Rome what he means being, being free from the law. Um, so if we read here, just from Romans chapter 6 and verse 6, Paul says, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to, once, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise also you, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we know that the Lord Jesus, he went to the cross, and there, as Peter's reminded us, there he bore our sins in his body on the tree. And there did he not cry, it is finished. So when we say here that I have been crucified with Christ, we're thinking of our sin. Our sin has been dealt with at Calvary's cross once and for all. It is there. God has said that he's removed our sins as far as from the east is from the west. Buried them at the bottom of the deepest ocean. He remembers them no more. Which poses the question sometimes, then why do we? Why do we? When we talk about um, 
living. It's our old man, our old nature has been crucified on the cross with Christ. Not physically, because we weren't physically crucified. But that is where our sins have been put. That is when we have come and put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Our sins have been dealt with once and for all and forever. That sacrifice will never be repeated. It doesn't have to be repeated. It's perfect. Um, and from that, we're also thinking about, because this is thinking about death, isn't it? And Christianity is about, really, it's about living, isn't it? Because, because of what Jesus has done, and if Paul reminds us here that the old nature, the old man is dead, has been dealt with, but Christ has risen, you know, and we will rise with him. Um, we have a new life. We are a new creation in Christ. As the chorus goes, I am a new creation, no more in condemnation. Here in the grace of God, I stand. So why is this message that Paul is sharing so important to Christians today? Well, Paul was addressing this issue over the law, okay? Um, and here we have the second part of that verse. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Um, just as way you maybe would have had that sort of uh, Judaistic legalism that was being introduced or being talked about in that early church which Paul was dealing with here. There are other aspects where we can get slightly derailed um, in our faith. We must also guard against what we call Christian legalism. That is, the Christians who are living by a long list of don'ts. Okay? It's taking the joy out of believing in Jesus is. Um, you're relying on good works, charitable giving, service, good deeds. It's as if you have to earn God's love. But that's not the gospel that Paul was preaching. You know, he's preaching Christ crucified. Our sins dealt with once and for all, forever. You know, a hope that we have in Christ that we can get nowhere else. It's perfect. Um, Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9 just for that danger if we think of earning our way in this life even sometimes just earning our way not replacing Christ but the more we get into this again Christ gets pushed to the side which is not what we want and Paul says in Ephesians for by grace you have been saved through faith, but not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. You know, we've received a free gift in Christ when we first came and we were saved. And that will keep us throughout our life, and that will take us into eternity to be with him face to face. It's not about what I do. It's not about how well I keep laws. It's not about 
how well I do or how good a person I may try to be. It's all about Jesus. Because he loved me and he gave himself for me. Whenever I was thinking about living by faith, I'll put this wee slide up. Um, that's, Ivan was talking about jeans last week, weren't you, Ivan? Well, this is what some of my jeans got up to in South Africa, um, and Philippus, I should add, a couple of years ago. That's Victoria. Um, jumping off uh, the Blue Cran River Bridge in South Africa, about 600 feet. And when you talk about faith, when you do something like that, I'm sure it's going through your mind, I hope this rope does what it's supposed to do. When you're halfway there down, it's, you can't change your mind, you know. And we step out in faith in Jesus Christ, you know. We don't have that thrill of exhilaration of taking that plunge, because Jesus has got us as soon as we step off in faith. But still, what about that thrill of exhilaration whenever we first were saved? I'm wondering, you know, are you as excited, enthusiastic a believer as you were when you first were saved? And if you're not, why not? Because Christian life is exciting. It is wonderful. And we should live each day to the glory of God. I'm not asking anybody to jump off bridges or anything like that. But you know what I mean? When you go out and tell people about Jesus Christ, this is what Paul was commissioned to do, to go and tell the Gentiles, as Peter was to go and tell the Jews. You know, having that conversation with anyone today, it's difficult, it's challenging, it's frightening at times. But with Christ, all things are possible. And we should just step out in faith. Because he has got it. He will control it. You know, he's not going to ask us to do anything, you know, that we're not unable to do. You know, his love is perfect. His salvation is perfect. You know, and we're here, his people today, to testify of his love personally for us, but that he wants the whole world to know because he doesn't want anyone to perish. John chapter 8, verse 36 says this, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. We're free this morning. We're saved this morning. And praise the Lord for what he has done for us. And I would encourage us all to go out. And myself, I'm speaking to mostly. And share our God and share Jesus with that word out there. Because they really, really need it. So I just pray that as uh, the Lord has blessed us just through the reading of his word, more of what he has said than I have said this morning. Um, may the Lord bless and keep you all. And if you are listening in this morning, um, I would encourage you, if you haven't trusted the Lord Jesus as your savior, um, what's keeping you? Because it is the best thing that you can do you can trust the Lord Jesus. I have trusted him, and I've never regretted it. Yes, I've got lots of things wrong, but he keeps me, and he blesses me, and he will keep me. 
for the rest of my life. And he will take me to heaven. And that promise is there for you too. Just trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour. Um, just let's pray. Gracious God, loving Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Father, that uh, here we are this morning. We're just sinners saved by grace. Lord, we know we get so many things wrong. Sometimes we let influences just creep in that um, erode the joy of our salvation. But Lord, as we have come here this morning just to remember the Lord Jesus Christ and his death for us at Calvary, and Lord, the very fact that you've taken our sins in your body on the tree, that we stand here this morning forgiven, um, free uh, from the burden of sin, free from the burden of the law, Lord, just free from trying to do the impossible and try to earn our way into heaven because, Lord, you have done it all. And through simple faith, we have come, Lord, just to say, Lord, forgive me, Lord, save me, and Lord, that you've done it, and you've kept us each and every day since. So, Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you would just bless us and encourage us in your word this morning. And, Father, Lord, as we... There are those here or those listening in, Lord, who have yet to trust Jesus. Lord, that you would just give them the courage. Lord, just give them the faith just to say yes to Jesus. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for our time together today. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, you'll continue with us and bless us. For we ask these things in Jesus, our Savior's name. Amen.